focus up. Focusing, focusing. Focus up. Fuck these memes and let's do these screens. Thank you. Yeah. That was. You know what? Oh, man. It is what it is. It is what it is. What it is. Beep, absorb. Oh, I was not prepared for what it is. Beep, beep. Yep. Okay. All right. Thanks, Alexa. We're too many flicks and we back for we another back. episode. We're back. We another on AD. brand. We're on topic. We're doing what we do. Making a do what a do, baby. We we gotta do what we do, which is bring you the news. Z- uh, movie news, especially if this is your first time listening, we go over trailers, uh, mm-hmm. comic book movie news, uh, Netflix now, movie news in general, and then we do some trivia at the end. Ba-boom! Yeah, we learn, you learn. Sock it to me. Sock it to me, sock it to me. Uh, uh. Woo! My name's Ian. My name's Ben. And we're Too Many Flicks. Again, like we said, you do not pay attention? It's for That's for all those, like, ADD, ADHD folks right, out yeah, there, there that go. got distracted in the first yeah, few seconds. You are seen and heard. All right. Uh, we're we're going to jump into some trailers. Let's start our first segment. How does that sound? Kicking it. All right. Let's start with Tasty Trailers. All right. We're going to jump right in. Tasty. Tasty. Trailer. Trailer. Mm, that's good. That's real good. We are kicking it off this week with a new trailer from Frozen 2. It comes out November 22nd. It's directed by Jennifer Lee and Chris Buck, starring Adina Menzel, Josh Gad, Sterling K. Brown, Evan Rachel Wood, and Jonathan Groff. Elsa the Snow Queen and her sister Anna. It's Anna, right? I, I think it's, it's Anna. I don't think it's, it's not Anna. Good. I don't know. Just say both. Elsa the Snow Queen and her sister Anna Anna embark <laughs> on an adventure far away from the kingdom of Arendelle. They are joined by friends Kristoff, Olaf, and Sven. Woo! Frozen. All right. It's, you know... It's cold again, but it's not because she's got control of the powers now. Brr, it's cold in here. There must be a Dina in the atmosphere. Ooh, okay. Cheer, little cheer, little th- throwback to bring it on and, and cheer and cheers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was slick. Yeah. Ben, what did you see in this trailer that appealed to you, caught your eye? What stuck out? I'll tell you what. They didn't go the easy route and just like play old music underneath the trailer to get people enticed like if you didn't tell me that the first one was a musical i would never have thought about this being a musical potentially i'm sure there will be music in it it almost looks better if it there wasn't any yeah just like a numbers. straight up action adventure movie? straight up action adventure that may be a way to subvert expectations and also to keep it fresh but i doubt it because you got josh gad and adina and menzel. adina menzel <laughs> i'm pretty sure there's a contract writer on everything adina menzel does that says like i will belt Right. It doesn't matter if there's a song, I will belt, I will belt. that high E or whatever a high note is. Right. I it's 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 a it's a tough because it looks it looks really awesome, honestly, but like they, they didn't do any allusions to musical numbers at all. But again, like you said, you of course and like we both surmise that of course there will be because again, you who you got cast. I don't know. I, I'm intrigued. It, it it hooked me. A lot of the 
imagery and a lot of the introductions to like new monsters and our mm-hmm. our characters were interesting, especially that big stone giant towards the yeah, end. Yeah, there's a few of the stone giants. It looked like right, they were, and yeah. then there's like that water horse that is in the water sequence that we see in the first trailer they released where Elsa's trying to figure out how to use her powers. What the fuck is this horse? It appears at least twice. Something tells me, because I don't think we ever learned where Elsa's powers came from. And so I think that's what the sort of central focus of this story is going to be. It's going to be maybe the reason she has her powers is like an accident and it stems from like a not good thing. And so she's got to course correct that or something, you know? I, I I remember when the trailer first came out, we speculated that with the thaw, maybe she like a creature or some sort of like new force had awoken. And it seems like they've pretty much debunked our theory on that that here they're going to a new land that's all i know is they keep talking about like the land beyond or some shit like some distant magical enchanted lands yeah it's interesting because okay generally sequels to disney musicals have been terrible (laughs) and the music just isn't great the greatest except for maybe the lion king 2 which was a surprise like yeah don't yeah put some respect on lion king 2 because that 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 movie's yeah, good, good, man. Yeah, it's a pretty good movie. But, like, other than that, like, Pocahontas 2 and well, what's another one? Hunchback and Notre Dame 2. Ooh, yeah, fuck. those are trash. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, maybe that's why they didn't give it away in the music. They, like, let it go such a, a, iconic, a memorable, iconic yeah. song. Like, we're not going to even try to, to top that right now. Right do, now, at least. Do you, think, do you think that this movie will have a show number that can contend with the longevity of popularity of let it go like do you think do you think that we'll get that in this man i don't know what if it's like give it back (laughs) give it back give it back (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) i don't know i doubt it i doubt it but you know they look like they i think they realized what they had on their hands with Frozen 1, and so it seems like there was an immense amount of care that went into making this sequel. They're not just trying to do a cash grab. Based off of the two trailers that I've seen, it seems to me like they truly wanted to motivate a sequel, and so they sort of are maybe exploring things that they talked about in the first draft of Frozen 1 that they couldn't do, and so they were like, great, this will make a good premise for the sequel. Mm. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Um... Yeah, I, I'm I'm looking forward to it. Although I didn't really see the first one, and it's good. I heard the music from it, and I was like, ah, I'm a much more of a Tangled person. That's legit. Tangled's I pretty. The tang- I think I think the story and the music from Tangled is just so much better. But that's neither here nor there. Um, it can only go up. It can it only could. go up with cash and and money, but not. Down, definitely Hopefully not, not down. But not 47 meters down. Nope. nope. <laughs> no, no. And it, it won't be caged. It'll definitely be uncaged. I don't know. That, no, it was good. Is it okay? Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay, it leads us to our next movie, 47 Meters Down, Uncaged, which comes out August the 16th. It's directed by Johannes Roberts, and it's starring Sistine Rose Stallone, Breck Bessinger, Corinne Fox, and Sophie Nellis. Four teen girls diving in a ruined underwater city quickly learn they've entered the territory of the deadliest shark species in the claustrophobic labyrinth of submerged caves. Oh, 47 meters down. God, Ah, uh, yeah. So just like getting through me reading all of this stuff, it was hard to watch as well. It, it, I mean, like... 
can shark movies be done? Can shark movies be done? I think we're good. You know, sharks aren't even all that. I was about to say, I'm pretty sure yeah. the deadliest shark species isn't fucking great white sharks. It's like the tiger shark yeah. or the bull shark. Like, they're the dicks. They're the dicks. And then, like, even then, they tend to leave people alone unless you're, like, they're really fucking hungry or somewhere where they don't need to be. Like, this is not a big enough threat for people to be like, sharks! Like, we know we know enough now. Like, yeah, sharks can be dicks, but, like, uh, you know, like, we're done with this. This is this is a cheap scare. It's, it's a cheap, cheap scare. scare. It's... Uh, who... Who put these sharks in this underwater city? Right. Who did that? How who? did they get there? Uh, where, where I guess that's why the... we gotta watch the movie, Ian. <laughs> I guess that's why we gotta watch... All these questions, we want answers. I guess we're gonna go see 47 Meters Down on right. Caged. Yeah. I, uh, I see no evidence of an ecosystem to sustain killer sharks <laughs> in this... In this underwater city. Why are white people so dumb in any, all these movies? Like, yeah, like, no, none of the locals are like, I wouldn't go down there if I were you. Like, that's dumb. There are sharks in there. There's a cursed underwater city with killer sharks. Don't go to, don't go down there. Don't go in that underwater city. Nope, 47 meters. Nope. No, no. That's what the sharks are down there. <laughs> <laughs> I just, and I, I'm sorry, how... How is this underwater city precisely the same amount of meters down as the cage in the first film? That's just, that's, that's too big of a coincidence <laughs> for me. Yeah, everything's 47 meters. Do you think they would go like 48 meters down? 48 meters? Maybe, maybe that's just a light 30, a 33 maybe meters 33 down. 33 meters down. Or maybe that's just a terrible name for a fucking franchise movie full of fucking sharks. How many times can it be sharks? Stop! I mean, I, I'm Maybe like lion seals. They're terrifying. No, they're mean. They're yeah. scary. Our fucking hippos. Here's the thing. This is just this. I, looking at Johannes Roberts' filmography, he likes these direct to DVD horror movies, and you know that's I, his jam. Yeah, we gotta remember art is hard. Yeah, yes, it's very hard. Like that's this is his aesthetic, and apparently it's some people's aesthetics because we're getting another one. Yeah, we're. I. It's just you know. Do you remember any of the specifics of the trailer, Ian? <laughs> I remember that they did sacrifices in the city, which for some reason was important. Yeah, why like, is that? Maybe that's like the, the sharks were the sac, like were the creatures that they, they fed. Some, I guess, but didn't do the city that much the good. Si did yeah, it? the city, the city was <laughs> above ground before. Right, like, so maybe the <laughs> the antithesis of what they thought it was. I just, it's baffling to me. <laughs> I. To do these sacrifices, and our city will be left alone underwater years later. <laughs> fucking stupid. Yeah, I, I can tell you, I watched this trailer, and I forgot every fucking thing. It's so unmemorable that I don't care. There's, like, there's, there's one particular moment where the girl's head is underwater for some reason, and the shark is, like, swimming to bite her face, and that's how the trailer ends. Oh, okay. I, so I, I do remember <laughs> this purely because I took a note on it. Right. The, like, opening moments of the trailer are just cookie-cutter textbook, like, horror movie stuff. Like, the teens pull up sitting in the car, like, y'all ready to go on this adventure? It's going to be so much fun. I got some place to show you. Like, they're driving through, like, this wilderness. Like, the guy, like, I'm going to tell you about this place that's, like, unlike anywhere else. And they're like, yeah, we're going to go do that. And then they go do it, and there's fucking monsters, and it's just... Yeah, we're going <sighs> to do that. 
we're gonna do that. Like hundreds of people have died, and every time people go in there, no one comes out. Let's do that. Let's do oh, that. God, that sounds like a lot of fun. I gotta say, like <laughs> these movies are cheap to make, which is part of why we're seeing it. The first forty-seven meters down was made for a budget of five point three mil, and it grossed sixty-one point seven. I mean, like, yeah. At the end of the day, it's a fucking popcorn flick. Like as shitty as this movie probably is, it's probably a good shitty movie. Like, like probably really is a good shitty film. That makes sense. Like it's summer. Yeah. It's gonna be the hottest month. August is usually like the hottest month, at least for me. I don't know about y'all, but my black ass is hot <laughs> in August. At least in Chicago too. It takes us a while to heat up. Once we heat up, we heat up. But you know, you're out and about. You've seen all the blockbusters, and you see 47 meters down. You're with your buddies. You're like. I want to watch a shitty movie and, like, have a couple of drinks. I mean, this is what this movie is. For me, like, sure, it's a popcorn flick in theaters. I ain't going to spend money on it. This is, like, <laughs> this is like a, a bottle of wine and, like, the gang or something. Like, let's just get tipsy and not think about shit. Yeah, this is, like, you wait for this to come out on DVD. Yeah. You need to spend blue. I, I was about to say, you wait for this shit. Yeah, DVD or fucking streaming. Like, if it's not carried by Amazon Prime, I'm probably not going to go seek it out. Right. Like, Unless it's a $5 bin at Walmart. If it's a $5 <laughs> bin at Walmart. And you know, I got a good paycheck and I'm feeling frisky. I might pick up 47 meters right. now. I'm kids. All right. <laughs> it was five bucks. Fuck it, it's five bucks. I feel a little cagey. Let's get let's cagey. get 47 meters down on cage. And if you're lucky, maybe there's a half off sale on that bed. So you get it for 250. 250. <laughs> That is the blue book value for 47 minutes down on Cage. I, I I genuinely hope that Johannes Roberts and cast and crew makes us eat our words. And we hear in the next few months, like, yo, you're not going to believe this, but 47 meters down uncaged, the sequel to the film 47 meters down <laughs> is actually revelatory. It's phenomenal. The cinematography, there's this one shot with this... <laughs> from the shark's point of view is all done in one shot it's just brilliant absolutely it's brilliant, brilliant. <laughs> my mind is blown <laughs> oscar material i was about to yep <laughs> little do we know that one of the sharks is played by daniel day lewis <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, rumor has it for the past three months he's just been living in salt water <laughs> yeah. constantly moving and never sleeping <laughs> never like, sleeping but i think we dunked on it enough let's uh let's go to our next our next trailer Ian, you want to you want to segue in there oh my god <laughs> there is no good transition from talking about 47 meters down uncaged into any other <laughs> film you just got to leave it be which is why our next film we're covering my friends is loose it comes out august and that's that's loose spelled l u c e i realized yes, that we are an audio medium so i should probably clarify that Luce, L-U-C-E, comes out August 2nd. It's directed by Julius Ona, and it's starring Naomi Watts, Octavia Spencer, Kelvin Harrison Jr., and Tim Roth. A liberal-minded couple are forced to reconsider their image of their adopted son after he writes a disturbing essay for a class assignment. Whew! This trailer, my friends, my friends, my listeners... My country folk. This fucking trailer. <laughs> Holy shit. It slaps. Yeah, it slaps. This trailer slaps, y'all. It, oh man, it, all right. So let's, let's like examine a little bit of, of what we're working going with on. here. There is so, so much. So much to un unravel. Oh my God. Uh, I, I literally start my notes with the phrase, holy bully cannoli. <laughs> 
Ah. Holy bully cannoli. Start in my notes. <laughs> this film just looks fucking gripping. I don't think that I, I'm gonna I'm gonna speculate real quick and just guess that we don't get a, a clear cut ending. I think it's gonna be an open ended sort of finale. So. Yeah, and that's what I want. I think it's gonna be one of those movies that just leaves you listless with questions. There's yeah. so much at work here. Ben, what what it, did you it see? It reminds me of like an offshoot of doubt in certain aspects. Ooh, you you're know? so right. It's just like what happened? And some it's so there's a lot of racial undertones going on, like right off the back. Sure. <laughs> it's a lot going on with with the white parents of this adopted black kid who was taken from a war-torn country in Africa. And how they deal with him and not knowing how to deal with him. And then Mm -hmm. how, like, a person, another person of color who is teaching him, who's like, this, he is not right. And I have something going on with him. I'm telling you right now that it's it's very uncomfortable. And just the dichotomy between her, him, and the parents from foreign, um, an immigrant status, and also being black, to a black female um, teacher. Educators, educators, man. Holy shit. Who may know more about what it is to be black in this country than his parents do. It's mm-hmm. a lot going mm-hmm. on. It is so much to unravel in two minutes, but I will say this, that it looks fantastic. It builds up suspense, and there's definitely a mystery that you'd want to dive into, and hopefully they nail the landing, because with these movies, sometimes they can have trouble getting there. I hope, I hope that they manage to get there, and I hope it is open-ended and ambiguous just like life is in these circumstances mm-hmm. uh, Ian what did you take from it uh so this this film is difficult for me because on the one hand it looks fantastic for all the reasons that you just listed there's so much to dissect there with the the racial undertones and the reason why it's difficult for me in particular is because my mother is an educator and I know for a fact just how difficult they have it and she has had the and th- this hit a little close to the mark for me so part of me part of me is really excited for this film and part of me like wonders if it's too detrimental to paint educators at this particular time when knowledge and facts are so uh rebuked by a a large portion of the masses It, it, it makes me wonder if it's the right time for a film where educators are painted as insidious or conniving or villainous but at the same time, it does happen. It and happens. It happens. It happens, especially when there's a racial dynamic too, mm-hmm. which Absolutely. is even more damning because she is also black. So it's like it's oh, yeah. uh, and the fact, like the principal, while seemingly only a supporting character, definitely is an antagonist to Octavia Spencer's character, the yeah. to the teacher, uh, Miss Wilson. I think her name is. <laughs> so yeah, this seems. Yeah, I, I think so. It's just so Ms. well Wilson, written. Yeah, so off the back, you just like tell these are characters. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, it's. Huh. My mother yeah. has gone through stuff like this before. She literally had a kid threaten to kill her in her classroom in front of students. And the worst thing that happened was he got two days suspension. Oof. Like, so, like, that's that's part of why I'm so torn is that educators go fucking through it. Here's the thing, though. He shouldn't have got suspended. He should have gotten mandatory mental help. Yes. Because you, you don't fix the problem by just suspending by someone. By being like, yeah, go by fuck go around think about those days. thoughts by yourself alone. That's terrible. But yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's a lot. 
going on. These people literally... So students see their educators more than they do their own fucking families. And it's just like, mm-hmm. it's sad the way both are mistreated. <laughs> like, it's just... Yeah, it's a lot going on. This is... Maybe we don't need to see them in an anti- potentially anti- um, antagonistic role. But maybe we do. I don't... It's, it, it's So many questions. And I think that's what this film sort of goes right, for, yeah. is that, that icky sort of like, God, this oh, this feels wrong, but this does happen and this is honest and this is true and this is real. And I think that's what makes it so astounding. I think something else that's worth noting that's even more astounding is that uh, the director, Julius Ona, this is only his second feature-length film. This premiered in Sundance, has already got rave reviews. He's done a few shorts over the years, spanning back to 2008. He did a music video with Avicii some time ago, I think like 2015. He did the Cloverfield Paradox, which is you know, a little grander in scope, a little more removed from reality. Like he's, it's still like kind of a grounded story, but not nearly as much as this. And this, this is remarkable for, for a sophomore attempt at a feature length film. I, I cannot wait for this, this, and one more shout out to fucking Kelvin Harrison Jr. You, you see all these names pop up on screen at the end of the trailer and it's like Academy Award, Naomi Watts, Academy Award, Octavia Spencer, Kelvin Harrison Jr., Academy Award, Tim Roth like like this this young man is going toe to toe with some of the and finest artists well in the industry too. and fucking killing it killing it he looks it's, he looks both empathetic and terrifying at any given moment and every it's time insane. we see him he's in the he's in that moment yes he's in the moment he's living this is one of those surprises that this this trailer took me by surprise completely I was like whoa where did this come from which I love doing this show now because I actually have to watch so many more trailers than I've ever done before in my fucking life. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them just catch me by surprise. And I'm like, ah, oh, there's so much content like coming out. Every week there's, I always think before we do the show and when we create the outline together, I'm like, I don't know if we're going to have enough for trailers. I don't know if anything's going to be exciting enough. Like, I don't know. What do we do? There's what always do that do worry. Do? Yeah. And then I tell you, I kid you not, within a week, there's some fantastic like beautiful works of art, potentially beautiful works of art that we see. And sometimes you get 47 meters down, which is also fun because we get to dunk on it for (laughs) a hot five minutes. Anyway, this movie, Loose, looks great. You should get your butt in those movie Cedar Theats. Theats. Cedar Theats. Yeah. I love that. Cedar Theats. Look at that theat over there. Look at that over there. Anyway, you know what I mean. Get your butts in, in some seats. And get some popcorn and watch an, a suspenseful, awesome movie that has a lot of racial undertones that may make you feel kind of weird at the end. Do it! But do it, go, and they will follow. And, ooh. And that leads us to our next trailer, Them That Follow. It's coming out August the 2nd, and it's directed by Brittany Poulton and Dan Madison Savage. Starring Caitlin Devers, Olivia Coleman, Alice Englert, Walton Goggins, and Jim Gaffigan. Yeah, you heard me correctly. Jim Gaffigan's in this, y'all. Inside a snake-handling church deep in Appalachia, a forbidden relationship forces a pastor's daughter to confront her community's deadly tradition. Whoa! Now, this movie looks very interesting. This also had a release at Sundance, and it did moderately well, but... You know, it could have been better. His Rotten Tomatoes of like 68%. So, but that's I was fresh. That's fresh. It's fresh. It's a 
fresh film. It's not spectacular as the trailer may have sold it to be, but it does look interesting. I, I like the actors involved and anything about crazy religious fanatics is always a movie I'm willing to see and hear about, especially when you're up in the fucking mountains with snake handlers. You know, that's a real thing. It's a real Holy fucking- rollers, yeah. That's wild. Why are they allowed to do stuff? Because religious freedoms, that's religious why. Religious freedoms, which are important, but goddamn if people don't take it to an extreme. Take it to a fucking extreme. God damn it. I'll tell you what. Walter Goggins always plays the villain, but he does it so damn well that I, I'm going to check it out. Yeah, he is. He's the southern villain always. Always. He's got that Let draw. Let me tell you. He's always like extra with it, dude. <laughs> <laughs> and flamboyant as hell. Let me tell you something. <laughs> I hope that he's like, I've never actually like looked at his background. I hope that he's actually like Welsh or English. Yeah, me too. And just like you look it up and it's like, oh, that, oh. No, I think he is straight up Southern. Yeah. Yeah, I started him in interviews like, yep, that's me. I'm Walter Goggins. <laughs> I wish, I really do wish he was like Irish or something. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this movie intrigued me. I, what intrigued me most, what I found most in, like fascinating here is the inclusion of Jim Gaffigan. Yeah, they try to slip his yeah. ass in there all slick. It's this like minute and a half of super, super serious dark shit. And then like, you don't even see him, I don't right, think, in the no. trailer until they're doing the name slates. And it's like, and Jim Gaffigan. And then they cut real fast to someone else like, you didn't just see Jim Gaffigan. Right, yeah, no. Jim Gaffigan is getting work. Good for him. And he yeah. does his creepy looking ass fits well in this. <laughs> he just looks like he would be up in the mountains with snakes and shit. <laughs> Speaking in tongues and Speaking like dunking tongues. people in rivers. Yeah. Oh my God. I, I'll see this. Fuck it. Of course. Maybe we'll review it too. I don't know. It depends on how we're that, feeling. I think that it looks good. I think so. It It's... Probably not going to win any Oscars, which is unfortunate, but it well, looks solid. It looks good. Something that I appreciate is that it's a setting that we don't see often. It's like a very unique story and setting. Like we see stories set in smaller rural towns and whatnot, but so rarely I feel like in something so specific, it's not just like the country, it's the Appalachia. First of all, when's the last time you saw a film talk about how there's religious God folk handling snakes? Like that's fucking wild. Yeah, that's, that's wild. Like, I, I should probably do some theological research because I don't understand the significance of the snake. Is it like a G Adam and Eve Garden it's of Eden type shit? Or something the power of God is in the snake or something if you're not bit. I don't yeah. think it's crazy. Because Goggins know. is like the, the serpent will cleanse you. And I was like, isn't the serpent like metaphorically like the bad yeah, shit? Yeah, these people are fucking crazy. Apparently. Yeah, so if you're an Appalachian church dweller, I'm sorry. Like, I hate to, like... <laughs> alienate you but you're crazy good, but good for you though i mean like I mean, you, you do, do you, you do you but like you would never be invited to a barbecue you just don't just never come I around i swear to god you bring that fucking snake to this but, barbecue uh, but i'm glad you enjoy our content then yet yeah, thank you for listening <laughs> thank you for listening <laughs> we could never be friends <laughs> I, it, on, on a hype scale, I'm like squarely a seven and a half, maybe even an eight. Yeah, I don't know uh, if yeah. the final product will warrant I've, that, but as a hype at a hype scale, like I feel pretty good about this so, trailer and film. So, what do you think this will land after its release? Netflix, Amazon, Hulu, or 
I, CBS All Access. I don't fucking know. <laughs> Epics. <laughs> Epic. <laughs> what what pl- streaming platform? Because I, I can see it either going directly to DVD, but I, I have a feeling it's probably going to land on a streaming platform. Just, I, I'm willing to bet that it's. I I, I just got I got a vibe that it's going to be Hulu. You think Hulu? I think Netflix. I think this yeah. would be, I think this fits really well with Netflix. But I can see Hulu. I can see Hulu through HBO Go. Right. Yeah. That. That's yeah, where yeah, like, yeah, my head sort of is at. Yeah. Yep. Yep. All right. Well. They all seemed like uh, bad people, but let's go to some kids. Maybe good, some good, good boys. boys. Some good oh, boys. Shit. Oh shit! That brings us to our next film, Good Boys. It's not about dogs. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it releases August sixteenth. It's directed by Gene Stupnitsky, starring Jacob Tremblay, Brady Noon, Keith L. Williams, and Molly Gordon. Three sixth grade boys ditch school and embark. On an epic journey while carrying accidentally stolen drugs, being hunted by teenage girls, and trying to make their way home in time for a long-awaited party. Boy, that sounds like several movies mashed into a blender. Just yeah. created into one, like, book smart meets super bad meets knocked up somehow meets other <laughs> God, I pineapple hope express not. Oh yeah my I don't God. know knocked up his dick came in over meets pineapple express like it's from that like group they, of yeah, folks yeah definitely they were like so, yes take the best parts from our movie and, and create one movie with kids yeah which I actually think is smart yeah 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 I sure. think it's smart cause there is like an implied innocence to everything that heightens the comedy in a way that if you set this with like high schoolers or something, it, it wouldn't work, you know? No, it wouldn't. Also, one of the kids looks like Craig Robinson. S- straight up. Like, yep. Straight up like this is Craig Robinson's kid. <laughs> Probably <laughs> like, not. They definitely did his hair. You, they had to like keep to, it. Yep. Yep. Craig, if Craig Robinson is not this kid's daddy in this fucking movie... I'm not. I'm not watching it. I, I, I would definitely watch it. It seems like a bunch of fun. But like, come on, come on! It's right there. It's, you, you just gotta take that step. Take it. He loves working with y'all. You know he'll do it. You know he looked like that motherfucker. That's why you cast. It's him. not racist. He looked like him. <laughs> I'm saying this as a black man to look like Craig Robinson Light. Like, <laughs> Jesus, don't be scared and confused. <laughs> I, it, it looks like fun. That's, that's, that's it. It looks, like it looks like fun. Insightful. It looks good. <laughs> Our podcasts are not going to be five minutes long. What do you think of this movie? Okay. Yeah. It's good. Next, moving on. All right. Uh, that looks okay. Right. I, I, I do enjoy the movie. Uh, it seems like, hopefully... They'll subvert some expectations here. They had one of the kids who like, oh, let's sneak and spy on these girls, which is highly inappropriate. But they were definitely called out and yep. punished for it. And it's like, hey, this is creep. You need to learn to respect women, which I appreciate. Because if this movie were made in the 90s and our 80s or early 2000s, that would not have been called out. And that is problematic. Thank you very much, movie, for at least doing mm-hmm. that. Hopefully you take steps further to differentiate yourself between uh, derelict projects such of as those that preceded. Anyway, yeah, this looks great. I I gotta I gotta admit I was sold when I saw my main man Sam Richardson make a cameo appearance. I oh, yeah. I love Shout watching out. Veep. Veep, and he is just he's so fucking charming yeah. and just got a couple of classmates from FSU who are on Veep. No kidding. I yeah, I feel bad because. I hope they don't listen to this podcast. Oh, you don't remember I, I remember them. <laughs> Shout out to y'all. Y'all know who you are. You know who you are. You if you're on Veep and you went to school with Ben, what up? <laughs> what up? I was only there for like two years, but like, what up? <laughs> no, that, I think I think this film will be fun. I think 
you, do you think that it will reach the cultural tentpole status that was super bad back in its release? I don't know. I, you know, maybe. I really hope so. Also, Booksmart. Booksmart did. But Booksmart just didn't make a lot of money. Yeah. So I hope this might have the same effect as Booksmart. We'll see. Hopefully not. Booksmart, I would say, is probably more of an important film than this one is without even seeing it. However, I think that has the potential to be as epic as Booksmart and are, are culturally important and significant and become a, a, a huge thing. The, hopefully these three kids are on the map because of it. And Craig Robinson light can, can be as big as Craig Robinson is. <laughs> Hell yeah, get that work, son. Yeah. Take your panties off. <laughs> you guys know what movie I'm talking about. Yeah, I, I know. You know, I know what I'm talking about. This is the end in case you're not... And that's the name of the movie. This is, may also be the end of the segment, but that's the name of the movie. <laughs> this is the end of our podcast. <laughs> Thank you guys for coming out. It it's ends been great. now. Over. Right. Goodbye. No, don't. Don't leave. Stay. Stay. I'm, I was just kidding. Don't leave me. All right. Well, I, I think with that, we can move on to uh, Flix News. Let's do it, baby. Let's do it. This just in. Extra, extra, read all about it. Flix News. So we're back with some flicks news, y'all. All right. So this is one's. This was a hot piece of news. Hot, hot mama. Mm-hmm. Mm. So Quentin Tarantino confirms Star Trek script is written and waiting for his notes, and that it'll definitely be rated R. Oh man, I don't. I don't like that. I'm gonna tell you straight no? out the gate. I. I don't think Star Trek needs to be rated R. I don't see the need for that. It's just not Star Trek. And I hate to be those, that's not my Star Trek guy. Because it, it is Quentin Tarantino at the end of the day. It could be really cool, I'm sure. But I don't know if that aesthetic necessarily lends itself to a Star Trek movie. And with this information, I'm like, okay, so you're going to make a Quentin Tarantino movie that's set in Star Trek. As opposed to a Star Trek movie that happens to have Quentin Tarantino in it. I think that that's, that's fair right i want to see a tarantino star trek film just because i am so interested to see what he does with like high sci-fi i yeah. think it'd be a lot of fun i think star trek i think the way that he handles violence wouldn't necessarily be the worst thing for star trek it's it, it's a it's true. clinical is the wrong word which is why i see the reluctance with an r-rated star trek especially when it comes to things like vulgarity and a lot of swear words they they tend to be very regal-esque characters that don't say a lot of bad things you know i i like i i am <laughs> just, literally trying to think of any time i've heard a swear word in a star trek there are just also show, so but, many producers and stuff that are attached to this already i like i just don't know how quentin will be able to do this without getting on people's nerves and without people getting on his nerves I just, more and more I think about it, I'm just like, I feel like there might be some people who worked on the previous shows who might be on set like, that's not at all how he's, and he's like, well, it's my fucking movie, because he lashes out because he's crazy and maniac. It's true. We can talk about Quentin Tarantino as a person all day, but we'll reframe and talk about his as a director, and he is kind of manic in that sense, so I, I don't fucking, I, I, I'm torn, because it could be really cool and a fresh take on Star Trek, but... 
I think he has an uphill battle, and that's crazy to think about because it's Quentin Tarantino. And CBS has a lot of stakes in, in Star Trek right now, too, since they're trying to make TV shows. They're, it's just, it's a it's lot. It's true, but the, all right, so the thing that did, that raises the question, will this be a CBS property or will this be a Paramount property? You know what, you're because right, because the, Paramount is the doing property the films. of the films. And yeah. CBS is, but... CBS has gone on record saying that they are keeping the Calvin timeline canon. At least, well, at least there's been speculated, but heavily rumored by some legit sources because the Picard series is supposed to take place um, after the destruction of Romulus was is a huge thing in the Star Trek Calvin timeline movies, which is with yep. Paramount. I don't know. It's they a, have to work together at some point, right? They, they have to work together. I agree with that. Th- this, this is murky waters. I think Harry Murphy. because on the one hand, someone like me, I, I enjoy Star Trek very much. I don't think I would say that I'm a diehard Trekkie, but I love the next generation oh, and I love Voyager. <laughs> and those are my two fucking shows. You know, I, I will go to bat for those shows any old day. These days, not the best. I haven't admittedly worked my way through DS9. I know you tell me to, and the episodes that I've seen are good, but I just, Voyager and TNG. I get that, man. That's, those are really That's what I places. grew up with. Yeah. yeah, that's what I grew up with. I, I I think that this would be like a defibrillator to the heart of the Star Trek film franchises, at least. Wait, sometimes defibrillators don't work. Sometimes <laughs> they don't work. But... The fact that you're using the defibrillator in the first place means that it's gotten to a point where the motherfucker's dead anyway. The movies, the movies. The the movies. The TVs are doing well. The TV show's doing great. Yeah, yeah. But again, that's not Paramount. Like, we're we're dealing with the the film realm here. Do you think Chris Pine will get on board now if... Quentin Tarantino is well I also think he might go to the next gen era anyway because he's he's talked about how he prefers that era of Star Trek anyway he just fast forward past all the original series bullshit I think that actually might be the best play especially after losing Zachary Quinto like losing uh they were gonna bring back Chris Hemsworth I want to say was slated to appear again in the film that was recently scrapped was trash yeah he just walked out the script was trash and they were trying to lowball him and and he, he was just like, this isn't good enough for it to be a passion project. Like, I'm not going to know. So here's the thing. So there are, if you do take it to that era, and also you do, there are some gritty things that you can play with in the, the original series era. But if you do take it to the next generation era, there are a lot of races out there that would be fascinating to see because they are somewhat grittier and uh, savage for the lack of a better word in dealing with enemies and territories and also you would have to get away from the enterprise that you can't the enterprise you may want to do a whole different ship maybe a ship where the crew is just like we do shit by any means motherfucking necessary this bitch like we still abide by the federation and starfleet but we work in some gray areas maybe section 31 section 31 is fascinating to look into because they work in those gray areas as well i don't know it's I I, I want to see the first trailer of this movie because this very much now that he's come out it seems like this is gonna be his next project. I I am willing to bet that if this isn't his next project, it is on the list a very short list of things that he's going to do next. I do, and, and it's really up to Paramount to pull the green, the trigger and, and and give him the green light because when he's passionate about something, he's gonna do it. So it's true when he sets his mind to it, he he so, just keeps fucking it's going. Very interesting. All right, man, you know that. <laughs> It's a lot. There's a lot to undertake. But uh, you know what else is a lot to undertake, Ian? Our next bit of news. You, you want to go to the Man, next bit of news? It is a lot to undertake. God damn. I'll tell you what. Up next 
In Flicks News, we are taking a look at the Spice Girls reuniting for an animated feature film. Oh boy. I saw Spice World when I was younger. I admittedly I definitely I definitely remember enjoying it. I was gonna I was gonna come clean and just be honest and say that I don't remember a lick of it. That's okay. I mean like I I don't remember a lick of the Scooby Doo movie. I put those two movies in the same for some reason. I don't know. <laughs> they just seem as outlandish and crazy, so to me yeah, I don't but I didn't remember liking them. That's fair. That's fair. There's a lot of movies like that early 2000s, late 90s, where you're just like, I remember watching that movie. That was something that happened to me yeah. at that time. Do you mean and- any specifics? No. No. <laughs> You know, just those movies of, the, of that time just kind of ran together. It's like, oh yeah, that, 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 and that. So it's interesting. We got news of this film because Paramount unveiled their animation slate through, I think, 2020, maybe 2021. We're also getting a SpongeBob movie. Yeah. With Aquafina and Reggie Watts. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What? Wait, that just, that just registered. Yup. Reggie Watts and Aquafina doing a SpongeBob movie. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of weird animated movies going out here right now. This, this, you know, people they they're throwing darts at the board. You know. You know what? After this movie, can SpongeBob please be dead? It's done. Oh. I love SpongeBob, but like it, it stopped being good after like the fifth season. It's, it's, it's. I hate. I didn't really like the first movie. I'm not gonna lie. I, yeah, it was okay. I hate it when animated shows go on too long. Simpsons should have died long ago. I'm sorry. As much as I love no, Simpsons. That's- Fair. It's trash now. So is Family Guy. Family one can argue and say that Family Guy was always trash. <laughs> but in South Park, like these shows just they tell a story and let's get on with them, okay? But anyway, um Spice World two potentially being maybe it's even a reboot. What do you think? We think the best option to make a sequel or a reboot for a new generation, Ian. Ian. I th- I'm I think reboot. Reboot the series? Reboot the what series. Even- it's animated, it's in a totally different medium. Right. What, yeah. So you need yeah, just what do you even like? have them do or they solve a mystery or what 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 did the spice what in spice world the first one what did they do it was, was some sort of i think they foiled some sort of international crime or heist while also yes putting on the best world tour ever oh, okay so they're like sleuths there's there's a ninety five percent chance that I am wrong because I just pulled that ninety five percent chance. Let's look up the synopsis real quick. Mm-hmm. No, they just go on various adventures. <laughs> it's pretty sure. That's lame. I thought I remembered them like foiling some sort of heist or something. That makes me sad. Here's the synopsis that does not help us at all. But I'll tell you, <laughs> hang on to your knickers, pump up your platforms, and fasten your seatbelts. Because the Spice Girls, Emma Bunton, Ginger Spice, Scary Spice, Sporty Spice, Posh Spice, Baby Spice are taking center stage in their feature film debut, Spice World, a roller coaster ride which will spice up your life and open up your eyes very wide. That last sentence makes me uncomfortable. Yeah, it is. I, I, th- I thought it was going to end with like, open your eyes to the love around you. Open your eyes to the joys of the world. No, open your eyes very wide. <laughs> That's terrifying. 35% of Rotten Tomatoes, ladies and gentlemen. So you may have thought you were watching a, uh, a straight banger when you were younger, but you were not. <laughs> you were not. So hopefully the new animated film will not be as problematic and pretty good. I don't know. I doubt it. I, I, I can bet my left leg. Gotta have high, high hopes. Gotta have living. high, you gotta spice up your life. Spice up your life. Girl. 
<laughs> With that news, let's move on to Jordan Peele's Candyman reboot. will address toxic fandom. Yes, indeedy. Thank the fucking Thank- God. Oh, and Jordan Peele is the right person to do that. Absolutely. Every week we talk about a fucking goddamn petition on this goddamn show, and I'm tired of it. <gasps> so this is perfect. This is what we need. Maybe Candyman just fucks and kills a bunch of, like, trolls. I'm down with that. <laughs> it sounds funny to me. Yeah, I know. And does this excite you about Candyman more so than it than it did before? You know, I, I think so, because if there's anyone to appropriately tackle the toxic fandom culture that's happening right now, it's Jordan Peele. And what better way to do it than in an already iconic horror film series? I, I, there's a, a quote that I want to read about it. Um, one of the producers from the studio Monkey Paw, Jordan Peele's studio, Ian Cooper, is quoted as saying, when asked whether or not Tony Todd would be reprising or reappearing in the Candyman reboot, he, he said that there was no comment on that, but that his issue with fandom is that it can be about dogma and resistant to change. Candyman will be mischievous in how we direct the relationship to the other film. It will be satisfying on its own and will dovetail to the original. The new Candyman will fit in with us and get out in a way that is circuitous. So interesting. They've got some plans and they're going they're going to keep us guessing for this, but Damn. I'm excited to see what they do, how they tackle this. If it is just Candyman Slaughter and the haters, like psh, cool. 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 Uh, let's move on to our next our next topic here. Ian, you want to give the people uh let them know why a straight pride parade is fucking stupid? It's fucking, it's dumb. This Just, next bit of news will definitely tell you why that's fucking stupid and why we need a gay pride parade. Oh my God. No one is stopping you from being yourself if you're straight. However, if you are a fan of the movie Rocket Man, you're not gonna be able to see it in Samoa because they banned it due to its depictions of homosexuality. Like, what the f- yep, what? Yeah, the, the uh, homosexual content in there involving um, sex between lovers is apparently not okay in Samoa. It's and it, it's so fucked up that it, it it's all tied back to a religious aspect. Apparently, ninety seven percent of Samoa is identifies as Christian and they're just it's baffling that people like they have like this is just humans loving each other what is the problem folks I mean BBC News pointed out that this isn't the first time that Samoan censors have banned films from their country for depictions of homosexuality in fact in the biopic Milk they they banned that which you know is problematic for its own reasons because they didn't actually cast any queer folks in the leading roles but that's besides the point but they also banned the Da Vinci Code so they might have like dodged the bullet with that but <laughs> the the problem is Samoa, get your shit together. Come on, Samoa, get your fucking shit together. Not the people in Samoa, but maybe the government in Samoa. And th- that homophobic tendency that you have there, that's fucking stupid. It's dumb. And this is the very reason why you don't need a fucking straight pride parade, you fucking mm-hmm. on. Still to this day, it is 2019, movies aren't being shown that depict gay love. That's fucking stupid. All right, our queer love in general. That's the dumbest shit I've ever... I, I hate this topic. I hate having the, to broach it, but it is the state in which we live in. It's something it's that plays the industry. Yeah. And it's very real. And if someone who m- might be queer in Samoa, who, who this depiction may give them courage and, and hope to, to move forward in their lives and to be who they really are, won't be able to see it because, you know, 
your fucking country's government and rules fucking suck. Uh, let's. I think that's all we can really say about that. This news gives me hemorrhoids. It, yeah, it's hardly worth fixating on because if they want to be ignorant idiots you, you, you can lead a horse to water but you can't make a drink yeah so with that being said let's move on to first issue it's a bird it's a plane oh no 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 it's just first issue all right so first topic and first issue is dave Batista would love to play Bane in the DCE. Oh boy, we've seen Tom Hardy's Bane. We've seen Batman and Robin's Bane, which was terrible. And oh, Clooney, Batman, Bat Nipples, Bat Card, everything about that movie is terrible. <laughs> but Tom Hardy's Bane is pretty good, although it's kind of problematic since Bane is of uh, Latinx origin. So I didn't know that. Yeah, or uh, I believe maybe even Mexican origin. But yeah, so. It, it's kind of to, to whitewash Bane is kind of a, a problem. I don't think too many people talk about that, but it's something that we should look at and really dissect one of these days. But Dave Batista, being Filipino, yeah, still maybe slightly a problem. But <laughs> but he is a person it's still of color. Representation. It's yeah. representation, and I like this move. I think Dave Batista. There was an interview with Dave Batista. He's interviewed by this guy called Ryan Satin, who does Pro Wrestling Sheet, which is an association with Collider. Um, he sat down and talked to Dave Batista, and Dave Batista said he doesn't want to be a fucking movie star. He wants to be an actor, which is very important. I'm pretty sure he said that before, but he reiterated that in that interview. And he also said he has been carefully choosing his pieces because he's 50 now and he's really starting to get started and he has no time to waste. This is very interesting because he was fantastic in Guardians of the Galaxy, better in two than he was in one because he was starting to get his groove and really understanding mm -hmm. those beats and those moments. I think he's developing to be a fantastic actor, even better than The Rock personally. I think this would be a good move. I think this would be a, an interesting move for DC, and I think they should do it. Ian, what do you think about Batista perhaps being Bane? I, th I, I absolutely agree that I think that that's, that's a pretty cool choice. Uh, Batista has said in the past, as you were saying, that he is much more interested in character studies than action hero roles. I, I think that it's very interesting that you compared him in terms of acting ability to Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Uh, and I think that's like, here are two very similar people in terms of type, big bulkier individuals that have the potential to be massive action hero stars. And that's the route that Dwayne went. But Dave seems a little more interested in the finer parts of the process of, he, he's chosen character roles in particular. Something that I really, really liked from him was, and I was disappointed that it was so brief, but his appearance in Blade Runner 2049. So good. He man. was so good. And he, he subverted the expectations for who he was by just being sort of, at first, gentle and quiet and sort of reclusive. And then when it comes time to get down to business, like, you know, he's still a big bulky dude and can fucking throw his hands, but. Yeah, you just see, difference between these two actors is Dwayne The Rock Johnson is more interested in looking cool and Dave Batista is more interested in vulnerable mm. on camera. Certainly, yeah. looking cool and fleet and total badass action star. Which, I mean, you may, they're both making the money and they're doing them, but one is more interested in the acting aspect and one is more interested in the money and looking cool. No diss on The, Ro the Rock Johnson. I will watch The Rock succeeds at looking and being cool. Yeah, he you looks, know? He's, but he's not acting. He's not, what he's doing is not necessarily acting. It, I, I, it is acting. It is acting. Yeah. It's a pushback. I understand. I'm not we trying to be validate what he's doing. I'm not saying it's not acting, but it's not. 
it's not layered work. He he has roles that that's what I want to say. That's fair. Like he doesn't have roles that seem to require a particularly deep dive. Though that may be maybe he does that. That's part of his process. But the stories that he's chosen don't necessarily lend themselves to that process. Yeah, we love the Rock here at Too Many Flicks. He's one of our sponsors. No, he's not. A Rock is like that. You pick up on the ground is one of our sp- rocks. Yep, rocks. <laughs> Uh, well, that being said, let's move on to our next topic. Let's breeze through this first issue section. Ian, tell the lovely folks what's next. Coming up next, actually, in first issue, the Hollywood Reporter talks about an alleged film that Fox considered back when it was still just Fox that would pit the X-Men against the Fantastic Four in a Civil War-style movie. Now, that's not like the American Civil War. That's that's (laughs) Captain Captain America Civil War. (laughs) I should clarify. There's no need for bayonets when you have superpowers. Oh, my God. Reed Richards, it's been a fortnight since I last saw you. (laughs) 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 you know yeah it sounds like a fucking clusterfuck i mean it would have been interesting to see but i i don't think they have the right minds that would have been capable of juggling those pieces and those that material and make it cohesive and make it smart and make it cool. It may have been one of those things, but not all three. <laughs> it's impossible. Like Fantastic Four has failed every, each and every time, and the X Men is a hit or miss. So you t- you tell me you get the two together, and you you're not sure about how to depict either one in its complete right. glory. What There's like no about? context for either of these right. groups going into the fight. Like right, one's going to be fighting about states' rights, aka slavery, and the oh wait, that's the that's, that's the American. Oh, ah, I'm sorry. It's we got to get back to Captain America Civil War. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Oh, God. Yeah. Wrong Civil War. Sorry. Ian, take it over. I, I got I to do my research. <laughs> so the, the way that this information even disseminated into public knowledge was via an interview The Hollywood Reporter did with an individual by the name of Zach Stenz, who wrote Thor and X-Men First Class. And he he spoke specifically saying that while he was writing First Class, he and his ex-partner, Ashley Edward Miller, did this secret project where essentially they spec'd this script that would throw in all the X-Men and all the Fantastic Four and somehow even managed, like he, he said that Fox told them to use every single Marvel character that they had a license for. Literally, this is paraphrasing, but literally wow. paraphrasing what he's saying. They were like, throw in Deadpool, throw in Daredevil, all the Fantastics, <laughs> give me the four of them, give me all the men's of X. Desperate. Like, they, it it, it <laughs> sounds desperate. And apparently they were going to try to get Paul Greengrass to direct, whom some of you wow. might recognize that name from the Bourne movies. Wow, that could have been kind of cool. It would have been interesting. That would have been very interesting. Admit- admittedly, it would have been kind like, that piqued me. When you told me that Paul Greengrass was tapped to direct mm. what probably was literally just someone like mishmashing toys together being like that's a story right yeah, somehow matt damon's in it yeah, <laughs> yeah maybe he would have been mr fantastic oh yeah maybe true. paul would have been like hey man like you want to do the thing and he's like meh right. you know and ben like, affleck would be the thing oh. 
or Johnny Storm. And he would be Johnny Storm. He's yeah. too old to be Johnny Storm. But they will make but it happen. He would, yeah, he would have been like. Maybe they're an older team. Maybe they're an older team. Old Fantastic Four. Oh, I'm, I'm down with that. Fantastic Forty. Old Fantastic Four. That sounds that's like actually a name not. Horse. That's actually not that old though. I feel <laughs> sorry to any forty year olds that listen to our podcast. Oh, yeah. You're valid. Yeah. Thirty is the new We're twenty. Forty is the new thirty. So right, you're yeah. good. But that sounds like a name of a racing horse. Old Fantastic Four. The old Fantastic <laughs> Four coming around the bend. He's in the lead and by a nose. <laughs> the old Fantastic Four wins. It's uh, this project. You know, it could have gone either way, but I, I, I personally think it would have been a total fucking clusterfuck. I fuck. just don't trust them. There's no, there's no way that you could do all that exposition for four new characters and then probably like an eight additional X-Men that they all threw in and then have <laughs> Ryan Reynolds show up and be like, yeah, okay, sure. <laughs> They look at each other stupid as hell. Yeah, like, yeah. It's, it's like, what the fuck did we just watch? I'm glad this didn't happen. I'm glad it's with the MCU. This sounds like a hot, hot piece of trash. But and, and, and what makes it so intriguing and so, so... Oh my God, this is literally... Yeah. I'm reading like a short description of the plot and they literally just wanted to remake Captain American Civil War. The story wow. features Johnny Storm going Nova and taking out the supervillain Molecule Man, which destroys part of Manhattan and leads to the Superhero Registration Act. Sounds familiar. What? It's like the heroes are split on opposing sides and among the key matchups was a Wolverine versus Mr. Fantastic battle that ended with Reed Richards penning Wolverine down, extending his hands until they're one molecule wide and using them as scissors to cut the mutant's arms off. Holy shit. That would be kind of cool. That does sound kind of cool. That does sound really cool. I mean, they, they there is precedence for Civil I mean, the X-Men and Fantastic Four were a part of the Civil War comic book universe. So, I mean, you could essentially have two Civil War movies, but that would have been so confusing. Yeah. I've been fucking wild. I'm glad this is done. Let's move on to our next topic. Just, just keep the ball rolling. Yeah, yeah. Here we go. Black Adam. Dwayne Johnson's DC movie finally lands director. Dot, dot, dot for now. Oh, damn. Uh, Jami Akole Serra will direct the solo film starring Johnson as Black Adam, who is the powerful nemesis to Billy Batson. I hopefully pronounced his name correctly. I slowed it down for myself. So I probably sounded weird, but you know what? Fucking, we're doing it. We're doing it. We're going to put we're it in there. It, yeah. I don't want to edit it. That's how his name is pronounced. From Jamais. Jamais. Collé. This guy's I don't, don't want to get offensive. But no, yeah, no, yeah. no. But th- th- this, this is an interesting choice because he's he's got some interesting films. He, he does. I, I think it might lend itself really well. He, he Is he an action guy almost? Yeah, that's the thing. He's, he's all over the spectrum. Like he did Orphan, which is definitely like wow. a, a weird thing he's done if he's definitely done a few action films definitely he's done a sports film called goal Two: living the dream it, he's he's been he's all over the spectrum he's an eclectic movie maker filmmaker he is he is so this could work didn't it you know the wayne the rock johnson's in it we just talked about him earlier he's gonna be a fucking villain potentially anti-hero it's gonna be interesting to see if they make they go the villain route or the anti-hero route now dc has been doing a lot of in-depth well not a lot but they have started with the joker movie looking at how a villain is created and it could be really interesting to see black adam become the villain and have a crossover movie with black adam and shazam that's where you have to go because they're bitter enemies and i think it's very interesting to have 
one movie about Shazam and another about Black Adam, I think it could work. I think it could work really well, especially if you marketed correctly. And this could be the shot in the arm that Shazam might need to garner even more funds and more money towards the project and make Shazam its own little pocket universe within the, within the DC um, EU. So it's interesting that you bring that up because it sounds like these opening moves, these are the way ways rather to go about doing like a Batman v Superman movie well. Yeah, that's what they should have did before. They should have had another Superman movie, establish that Superman knows that Batman's out there, have a Batman movie, establish that Batman's like, oh, Superman's been doing some crazy shit, and then bring mm -hmm. them together. That's mm -hmm. how you build a universe. Don't fucking try to have a knee-jerk reaction to the MCU. But yes, yes. So it seems like I, I get the impression that they're kind of trying to course correct. You know? I, I agree. Might have to leave with different heroes. Yeah. I know Black Adam is technically, he's a, a villain, right? But Yes, he is. And he sometimes is an anti-hero in the, in the comic book series. Okay. So, so it yeah. can't work out. Yeah. He's a reluctant hero sometimes. Yeah. Interesting. I, I, I am excited to keep my ear to the ground and find out more. Yeah. Uh, me as well. And hopefully this is real. It's supposed to be real. Hopefully he stays and actually develops a script and a, a movie and it stays in the docket because Shazam, well, before it became a movie, had some production issues and they finally found the right path and it became a great movie. The Flash has been in production hell from the moment they announced the fucking thing. And so has Black Adam. Black Adam was supposed to happen two years ago or three years ago and it's in and out of production hell. And finally it's found some ground and some stability, it seems like. So hopefully that stability can go and move into an actual product. But guess what, ladies and gentlemen? That ends first issue. That's all I got to say about that. That's all Ian has to say about that. That's all I got to say. That's it. We're going to go into Netflix now. Boom, boom. Netflix now. All right, gang, we are here with Netflix now. And you know what's on Netflix now that people were talking about? So I looked at it, I checked it out. The Perfection. Uh-oh. Yeah, it's, uh, uh-oh's right, Ben. Okay. <laughs> uh-oh's right. Now, I'm not here to disparage the film because it's actually quite good. Yeah. Uh, it's more uh-oh if you have a problem with body horror or uh-oh if you have problems with mutilation uh -oh. or uh-oh. Uh-oh, if you just don't like stories with lots of twists and turns. Uh-oh. This is a twisty, turny story. There were at least like three, four times I was like, oh, damn. Oh, damn. Oh, damn. I should probably get to like the actual like meat and bones of all this shit, huh? Yeah, I'm gonna do that real quick. <laughs> The Perfection, directed by Richard Shepard. It stars Allison Williams of Get Out fame, Logan Browning from the Netflix original series Dear White People, Steven Weber, reportedly in something called Wings, and uh, iZombie, so you know that's relevant. And then also Elena Huffman of Smallville and Painkiller Jane fame. That wasn't supposed to rhyme as much as it did, but it did. We're here, we're doing it, we're talking about it. Just right off the bat, I'ma tell you, Logan Browning steals the show. Like she's so good. There's some very, I'ma I'm go so fucking ham in this non-spoiler territory. I'm gonna try so hard not to spoil anything for you because half of the fun of this movie is just getting the fucking twists and turns. So let me give you a non-spoiler summary of The Perfection, my friends. The Perfection is about a troubled musical prodigy and a new star pupil embarking down a sinister path. The first part of the film takes place in China and then the rest takes place back in the U.S., 
oh man. So some bonuses or pluses or pros of this film, if you will, is that there is some good queer representation here. I wish it was a little bit more of a central focus of the film, but it is still quite good and it's done very, very well and handled very, very well while it is present in the story and on screen. There is towards the end sort of thematically speaking, echoes of this French horror film called Martyrs. Nowhere near as triggering or disgusting as Martyrs went, but still plenty of twists and turns and unsettling gut-wrenching moments to be had, for sure. There's some creative, semi-linear storytelling, and I say semi-linear because mostly it plays forward, but then maybe you missed something and you get a little flashback or some shit. It's good. Now, my main question when I was watching this film and when I subsequently did some research on it and looked it up, this film is primarily about two powerful, talented women vying for the affection of an older teacher played by Steven Weber. If the main focus of this film is going to be the trials and tribulations and the hurdles that these young women have to overcome, why the fuck is Richard Shepard directing? Why not get a woman director for this? I will say, to Shepard's credit, he is quoted as saying, I get that I'm a 55-year-old male. I'm going to paraphrase just a little bit there, but he gets that he's a 55-year-old white dude. He's like, I get it. I, I acknowledge my privilege. He did make sure that there were strong women on set with strong opinions and allowed them to influence how the story was told and even have say on changes in the script. Specifically, Browning herself, she was like, I wanted to make sure that this was not a white savior story. So I went into that script and I, I chip chopped that motherfucker up, added some scenes here, took out some scenes there. So that's really cool because that's what films should be is a collaborative effort. You know, you bring one idea to the table and you give it to you the people that you're working with that you trust who are artists in and of themselves and you're like do you like this you're like i like this but i think that this needs to be tweaked like that and you allow that to happen and so kudos to shepherd for at least motherfucking airplanes no, that's it is very loud my There's, phone needs to stop blowing the fuck okay, up and there were no airplanes, airplanes when we were taking a break zero i don't fucking get it it's zero <laughs> zero i don't fucking get it i did not hear one fucking plane <laughs> Okay, okay. Here we okay, go. Let's okay. start again. You clap. <laughs> we'll go away. It's, it's taking its time. It's this slow flying plane. So in that respect, kudos to Shepard for acknowledging that he may not be the best person to tell this story, even though it's a well-told story. There's so much good stuff here. It, it could have been a fantastic movie, and I would have been curious to see how this film turned out in the hands of a, of a femme director. But for what we have here, this is super solid. It is feminist as fuck, although it seems a little weird up front. The ending message and a lot of the twists and turns have a lot of just great symbolism. That's the word I was looking for. There's a lot of great symbolism and feminist, and again, a little bit of queer, a sprinkling of queer thematics throughout it. I wish that there was more. God, I wish there was more, because that was super interesting when, it, when that developed. I was like, oh shit, okay, yes, 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 yes. Go check out The Perfection. It's worth your time. I'm just telling you straight up, just fucking do it. Do it. Fucking, just, fucking just, do it. Netflix not, it's not like Netflix yesterday or Netflix tomorrow. It's, it's Netflix now. It's now. It is in this moment. It is Netflix present. It is Netflix here. It is Netflix, um... Netflix. 
Netflix. That moves us into trivia, ladies and gentlemen, and people who are non-identified. Do you want to know something that we don't know? Sure. Here comes the trivia. Here we go. Okay. Okay. All right, time for some trivia. Now, this time we're going to do a game we like to call Tag, where we say a tagline from a famous movie, and one of us has to guess the movie that tagline line is corresponding to. So, uh, you want to go first, or you want me to go first? I'll kick it off. All right, go for it. Okay, Ben. 12 is the new 11. Ocean's 12? It is Ocean's 12. Oh, <laughs> Yay. All right, my turn. You okay. Ready? See it with a bud. See it with a bud? See it with a bud. Man, it's like some weed movie. <laughs> um, fuck. What's the one with Dave Chappelle in it? I, you're looking at me like, it's not Pineapple Express, but I can't remember the movie of this one fucking film. Oh. Rude. I don't know. Rude. Uh, I give you three guesses. I can't remember the name of any weed movies. Ben, what happened to me? So he said the one with Dave Chappelle. I, I'll, I'll give you a hint. It's not that one. It's not Half-Baked. Half-Baked. Thank yeah, you. Fuck. That was going to kill me. I didn't even care if that was the answer. I just right. wanted to remember it. Okay. Uh, so it's not Half-Baked. Um, okay. Okay. An uh, older movie. Older movie. Fuck. Can I have... Can I, can I have the... Who's the star? Can I have the star? Matthew McConaughey. Oh. Oh, fuck. It's like Fast and Something Times at Ridgemont High or something. No, that's not no, it. That's not it? That's what's the what's the one yeah yeah all right all right all yeah, right that's it is dazed and confused dazed and confused yeah yeah <laughs> all right all right all right oh my god that, all right. a, that doesn't count thank you okay. it's it's i i'll take the l on that because i just would not i would never have gotten there okay okay um okay okay the man with the hat is back, and this time he's bringing his dad. The man with the hat is back, and this time he's bringing his dad. The man with the hat is back. And this time he's bringing his dad. So it's a sequel of some sort. He's bringing it back. The man with the hat is back, Ben. <laughs> and he's bringing his he's dad. He's bringing his dad. Wow. Oh, you don't even know. I found some terrible ones for obscure-ass movies that I'd never heard of. Uh, Lincoln. <laughs> <laughs> Oscar and seven years ago, I brought my father here. No, no, I'll give you two more. Hey, two more. It's a Steven Spielberg film. Ah, the oh, man. that might have been two. The man with the hat is back, and this time he's bringing his dad. That you might. I, so Steven Spielberg, I can whittle it down. Um, no, no. Is Indiana Jones? It is. Yeah. Oh, is it the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull? No. The, uh, the third one. It is. It's the Last Crusade. Yeah. The Last. Crusade. I think that's the third one. If not, I'm sure someone will let me know. Right. <laughs> You're wrong. <laughs> All right, my turn. You ready? I'm ready. Reality is a thing of the past. Reality is a thing of the past. Mm. I'm going to go. It's probably not right, but I'm going to go with The Matrix. You are correct, sir. Oh, shit. I don't know if we've done that one before. If we have, you're listening to it again. But I, I think this is the first time we did the tagline. Yeah, that sounds. Yeah, that's, that, was a good, yeah. that was a good guess. Thank you. No problem. Okay. Okay. This one makes not look goddamn sense. Okay. Best of luck to you. All right, let's hear it. Why are they putting seatbelts in theaters this summer? Th there's a question. Why are they putting <laughs> seatbelts in theaters this summer? What? <laughs> yup. Oh my god. 
Why are they putting seatbelts in theaters <laughs> yeah, this summer? You can keep saying it. <laughs> I promise you I will not get this. Um, Give me a hint. Give me the year. Okay. Yeah. 1989. Definitely not getting this. <laughs> Definitely. Okay. Genre. Gonna have the genre. Sci-fi. Alien? No. I'll give you two more. And when I tell you this makes not a lick of goddamn sense, I mean it. Because never once do I see a seatbelt featured in this motherfucking series. Never once. Okay, go for it. I just tell you or? No, no. Okay. Um, Star Trek? Okay. Star Trek 4? 5, The Final five? Frontier. Okay. Yeah, it's close enough. Like, close I don't enough. expect you to get the actual fucking That's number. That's a pretty big guess. Look at this poster. It's literally just a theater seat in space with the Enterprise way, way in the background, and they put a seatbelt onto this so movie. Dumb. What a terrible fucking now, there poster. There are seatbelts in the J.J. Abrams verse. Do you remember that? When they are about to crash, the seatbelts automatically form over their bodies. Oh. That's the only time we've seen seatbelts, I'm pretty sure. Fuck, you're right. And maybe disc, uh, Discovery, but yeah, no, for okay. sure. Okay. Because, like, they have anti-gravity, so they shouldn't need to, but yet they always fling and fly over everywhere. Yep. <laughs> Science! <laughs> All right, you ready for your last one? Yeah, yeah, hit me with this. A tale of murder, lust, greed, and seed. A tale of murder, lust, greed, and seed. Mm-hmm, yeah. No, I heard you. <laughs> Oh my god. Tail, murder, lust, greed. Shark tail! <laughs> I'll give you two more guesses. <laughs> oh. <laughs> what a fucking dark movie that would be for <laughs> animated. Like, yeah, you're right. It's Shark Tale. Wow. Yeah. Holy shit. They definitely did a weird marketing job. Um, ugh. Okay. Could I get the year? 88. Oh, come on. <laughs> okay. <laughs> 88. Okay. Um. Genres comedy. I'll give you that too. Uh, okay. Good. Because otherwise, what the fuck were they promoting? When Harry Met Sally. Nope. Um, I'm pretty sure one of these actors in it won an Oscar. For this? Correct. Oh, fuck me. Um. Blade Runner. No, I really, I have no clue. I'm so SOL. Sorry, I was typing because I was wanting to make sure that the Oscar uh, hint was correct. Excuse that, viewer, listeners, viewers, and viewers who can see through <laughs> audio. Oh, my God. Um, no, it's A Fish Called Wanda. Oh, fuck. Sure it is. And Calvin Klein wins an Oscar for it. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he absolutely did. Fuck. I knew you kick yourself because you've seen it. Yeah. You own it. I do. And I'm like the only person that wasn't crazy about it, but it's it's good. It's, it's good. Okay. It's okay. It's good. Okay. So we've all done three. Ben, I just have some real doozies here that like you never would have guessed, but I just want to share That's fine. with well, our listeners. Before we go on, I don't think Kevin Klein deserved that. Ooh. I, I, I think he's a great actor. I don't know if that is his best work. Do you get me? Sure. I yeah. think he's been better than other stuff. I don't, I'm not taking away good for him. Glad he's got it, but. Might have been a slow year. Yeah, probably. Uh, all right, give me the uh, obscure crazy ones. All right, these, these are just so fucking bad. When a girl has a heart of stone, there's only one way to melt it. Just add ice. Cool as Ice, starring in his first motion picture, Vanilla Ice. <laughs> Dead ass serious. Wow. This one I like. You might have gotten this one, but there is like no way. Two agents, one city, no merci from Paris with love. 
That is pretty funny. That's pretty funny, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, there's one or two more. Hold on. God, there was there was one really good one. I don't. I didn't read this one before, but I like it. Science created him. Now Chuck Norris must destroy him. <laughs> Silent rage. <laughs> Yo, I'm about that. Fucks <laughs> with that. Um. Oh, here we go. This was this was the one. Unwittingly, he trained a dolphin to kill the president of the United <laughs> States. George C. Scott in a Michael Nichols film, The Day of the Dolphin. What? <laughs> I was like, there's no way that anyone would ever know that that is an actual movie. Yo, we need to watch that. That might be that might be next oh, on the docket. Wow. Holy shit. Jesus, fantastic. Friends, that's that's all we got. That's, that's all it. the tag that's that we have for you today. That's a W-R-A-P, all right? <laughs> and where can the people find you? My friends, you can find me on Twitter at BabyGotKnack, or you can find me on Facebook as Ian Muntiner. And you can find me on Twitter at BTJenkins91, and on Facebook at Benjamin Timothy Jenkins. You can find Too Many Flicks at at Too Many Flicks with the number two and an X at the end on any social media platform. And, you know, we're happy to, to provide this movie news and, and, and stuff for you. Uh, keep on coming back now, you hear? Uh, come come don't, on now. Yeah. Come on, get some come seconds. Come on, get some now. You know you want some, all right? And remember, we're too many flicks, and we watch all the flicks. So that you don't have to. You don't. We, you don't, we it, got you. That's our tagline. We'll give you something to watch. We'll, and, and we'll watch it. Done. <laughs>